Hello, friends. Welcome to Concerning the Times. I'm Howard Green. We're living in the days just prior to Jesus' return. Together, we'll talk about all things Bible prophecy, discernment, and end-time Christian living. I'm really glad you joined us. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of Concerning the Times. I'm Howard Green. Today, we're going to talk about a very important subject, and it's one that I've done some teaching on in the past uh, quite often, but we are going to devote this entire episode to the subject of hell. And uh, we're going to call this the reality of hell. And the reason I call this article that I wrote and the podcast that we're doing today the reality of hell is because I'm afraid that in many circles, whether it's um, secular or even uh, Christian, in some Christian circles, uh, some churches, some some places, uh, different teachers are afraid to mention the subject of hell. Uh, and if they do mention, it's very in a very fleeting manner, or they just avoid the subject altogether. So today what we're going to do is we're going to actually discuss hell and the biblical importance of the teaching of, he- of hell. And we're going to do this with the understanding that there's two realities facing every human being for eternity. And it's this, the people that have come to saving faith in Jesus, that have repented for their sins, they believed uh, in the saving uh, power of God, uh, they're going to spend eternity with him in a place that believers know in the Bible calls heaven. Conversely, uh, we also understand that there's a place that the unrepentant uh, dead will go to um, after this life, and it's a place uh, that we call, the Bible calls, Jesus called hell. And the issue that I have is this, that this subject of hell is being greatly avoided, I mean, by many people, and especially in the body of Christ, by many teachers and preachers. And we're going to discuss the reasons behind that, I believe the reasons behind that, and talk about the remedy. So let's go ahead and dig in, and we'll talk about the reality of hell. So question is, where will you go when you die? And the world is full of people who believe they'll go to heaven. And tragically, churches are also full of people who believe they're going to heaven as well. But the truth is, heaven is one of two possible places people will go when they die. The other place many people will go when they die is hell. Let's face the stark reality about our day. And we know this, friends. Hell is not a popular subject, but it demands our attention. Unfortunately, it is a subject rarely discussed in churches today. And that's a shame, given the eternal consequences and reality of hell. Very quickly, let's go to Matthew 25.45. And this is from Jesus. Jesus says this, Then he will say, to them, saying, Truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to the least of these, you did not do it to me, and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. And the reason I read that verse um, talking about um, ministering, taking care of, uh, providing for the least of these is because in the very back end of that verse, you have that um, a most very tiny snippet, a most hidden 
uh, out of sight, but if you look at it, it's plainly there. Uh, Jesus actually mentions uh, not only how long hell will last, but what people are going to face when they go there. And listen to this again one more time. And these will go away into eternal punishment, just like the righteous will go into eternal life. And that's from Jesus. The reason I bring that up here at the beginning is because there's a growing number of quote-unquote Christian teachers that will are starting to preach something called uh, annihilationism. And that is actually what um, many cults actually teach too, including the Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, but that's not what the Bible teaches. It's, it's plainly not what the Bible teaches. Um, it's not right to teach people that once they die, um, they'll go into something like soul sleep or, or even uh, something like annihilationism, that you'll just, your body will be sort of extinguished and you'll, you'll, you'll cease to exist. You'll just sort of fade away into eternity. Uh, no punishment, no torment, uh, just cease to be. That's clearly not what the Bible teaches. Uh, the Bible actually says first comes death, then the judgment. So let's begin by looking at what the world thinks and what most churches teach about the reality of hell. Then we'll look at God's word and what it tells us about hell and how to view our, how our view of hell shapes how we live and interact with others. You see, the world is full of many false notions regarding hell. And here's what I did, friends. I selected just a few um, notions of hell uh, by people from pop culture, well-known people, and uh, even uh, an average person on the street. So here's some common mis misconceptions. Um, one person is quoted as saying, <laughs> and boy, do I understand this a lot. I hear this a lot uh, when you're out doing ministry, street preaching, you know, even preaching in, in, in churches or, or conferences. These are things that, that you'll hear by people who debate hell, even people that should be teaching others. And here it is. A loving God would never send people to a horrible place like that. And people say, I don't think I'll go to hell because I'm a pretty good person. And here's a tragic misconception. I believe I'll go to heaven. And you can hear those sentiments sort of uh, articulated in different ways, but it always sort of, if I could boil it down to the ridiculous, it always comes down to this. And many of you have heard this. How could a loving God send anyone? How could a loving God send anyone to hell? And boy, that is a loaded question and a loaded statement. So anyway, here's some quotes by a few famous people. Bonnie Raitt, a famous singer. Here's what she says about hell. Religion is for people who are scared to go to hell. Spirituality is for people who have already been there. I'll break that down for you real quick. So what she's saying is religion... You can fill in the blank Christianity or, or, or other religions. She says religion is for people who are afraid or scared to go to hell. But she says spirituality is for people who have already been there. And what that's sort of, not even tongue in cheek, that's sort of a, uh, sort of, a, I would call sort of a um, arrogant way of saying this fear of hell, people who are afraid of hell uh, run to religion. That's why they're afraid of hell. We'll, we'll kind of read what she says in reverse standard version here. But she says spirituality, and you can fill in the blank, whether it's Eastern mysticism, whether it's some kind of pseudo form of Christianity, uh, Eastern mysticism, whatever. Spirituality is for people who have already been there. And what she's saying is like the school of hard knocks. Life, life is hard. Spirituality is for people who have already been there. And I would sort of um, 
add there looks like what her meaning is already been been to hell or been through hell and back as we call it in pop culture, right? How sad. Here's another Mark Twain. Famous uh, author Mark Twain says, I don't like to commit myself about heaven or hell. I have friends in both places. So Mark Twain says, I don't commit myself about heaven or hell. I guess in his thinking of heaven and hell, he says, I have friends in both places. Well, that's half true. I mean, he doesn't like to commit himself about heaven or hell, but he's going to have to commit himself and he's already committed himself by his life, by his actions, to one place or the other, to heaven or hell. He says, I have friends in both places, but here's the sad reality of hell. Whereas Paul tells us not to uh, grieve as those who have no hope, as we're going to see our loved ones in heaven. What's the opposite of that? He says, I have friends in both places. If you don't go to heaven, you won't see your friends there because you'll be in hell. And you might have friends that were friends on this earth that have went to hell, uh, but hell is a place of eternal, eternal conscious torment. And I am not saying, thus saith the Lord, or this is only conjecture, but if this is a place of outer darkness, of loneliness, of weeping and gnashing of teeth, doesn't seem like you'll spend time with your friends down there. It seems like a very isolated, lonely place. The Bible calls hell, uh, one of the descriptions is outer darkness. Okay, so let's continue. What does Katy Perry, a uh, famous uh, pop star, say about hell? This is really tragic. When I uh, wrote, wrote, first wrote this article back in 20, um, let's see here real quick. I have to do my little cheat sheet. April of 2015, I believe. I really couldn't believe this. So here's what Katy Perry says about heaven and, uh, and hell. She says, I don't believe in a heaven or hell, and it gets worse, or an old man sitting on a throne. I believe in a higher power, bigger than me, because that keeps me accountable. And boy, we could spend the whole podcast episode talking about Kate, Katie, yeah, Katie, Katie Perry's quote. But here's what she says. I don't believe in a heaven or hell. But first of all, let's break that down. I don't have to believe in gravity or I don't have to believe in oxygen, but it doesn't negate the reality, does it? If I... Go up in a plane, someone open up the door and decide to jump out. I don't have to believe in gravity for gravity to work. I mean, I'm going to cut, go down at terminal speed and hit the ground and die. Or hold my breath for a few minutes and see what happens. I mean, you cannot live without oxygen. You don't have to believe in it, but it doesn't negate the truth, does it? So Katie says, I don't believe in heaven or hell. And it gets worse. Or an old man sitting on a throne. And, and by just that, just the very nature of her quote there, or an old man sitting on the throne. See, the problem with this world is they have this jaded view of a holy God. Some old codger in a wheelchair, a cane, you know, big staff, big white beard sitting up there on a throne. You know, this sort of um, a tepid, grandfatherly, sort of Saint Nick, Santa Claus type who winks at sin. I don't believe in heaven or hell or an old man sitting on a throne. Well, he's sitting on a throne, but... He's not an old man. He's the ancient of days. He is the God of all gods. He's the God that dwells in unapproachable light, Katie. He is the first and the last and beginning and the end. But here's what she says. Here's the, the end of her uh, quote here. I believe in a higher power bigger than me. So she doesn't believe in an old man sitting on the throne. She doesn't believe in God, but she believes in a higher power bigger than me. 
So she's guilty of idolatry because she's created the God of her own making. And why does she believe in this higher power? She says, because that keeps me accountable. But friends, I'm not her personal judge, but based on her lifestyle and her actions and her music and her lyrics, um, accountable to who? And what kind of accountability is that? But that's, let's continue. A famous a classic rock group from the 70s and 80s, uh, ACDC, and their lyrics to their famous song, Highway to Hell. And to my shame, and, and <laughs> not anymore, because I'm, I'm saved, but in my earlier days, before I was a Christian, you know, I hear that song and think, man, that's got a good beat, or that's great music, but listen to the lyrics to this. You know, sometimes as a kid, you sort of blot that stuff out and just get into the music. But listen to this, friends. Going down, party time, my friends are going to be there too. I'm on the highway to hell, on the highway to hell, highway to hell. I'm on the highway to hell. And isn't that the truth? Without Jesus, every single human being that's ever lived is on the highway to hell. Literally, you are on the, the, the broad road that leads to destruction, the Bible says, that Jesus says. But the meaning behind these lyrics, I mean, listen to this. Um, going down party time, my friends are going to be there too. Just like Mark Twain said, hey, I got friends in both places. But here's the problem. What a terrible, what a terrible miscalculation. Yeah, your, your, your friends are going to be there too, but I don't see this as a big party time. Uh, I see this as, as what most theologians and Bible scholars, other ministers and Bible teachers believe. We believe through the ages it's a place of eternal Conscious torment. And how do we get that? Because we just read it a few minutes ago, didn't we? Where Jesus said, um, if I can find my quote, and these will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Eternal punishment. So, yeah, you may have friends there. I don't believe you're going to party with them, like party time, or you're going to see them. My goodness. I just, when I read these things, I don't I don't hate ACDC. I don't hate Katy, Katy Perry or Bonnie Raitt or or Mark Twain, um, you know, Mark Twain's already gone. <laughs> Bonnie Raitt's alive. Katy Perry's you know, younger lady. She's alive. Most of the members of ACDC are still alive. Um, I don't wish hell on any of these people. I would hope that they would all come to saving faith in Jesus, that this sort of cavalier attitude about hell is something that we really shouldn't have. I mean, based on the words of Jesus alone, um, People should be afraid of facing eternity without being saved, without having their, their sins paid for. So we have seen all the false notions about hell. We've even seen the, the cartoons with the devil in his red tights and pitchfork prodding a cartoon character to get back to work. Uh, you know, some apostate teachings offer ways to avoid hell or dismiss it altogether. We talked about that in the in the um, notion, the false notion of annihilationism or, um, you know, even soul sleep, just checking out. But here's another. You, some people call this mainline Christianity, but we know it's an aberrant form of Christianity. We love Roman Catholics, but here's what the false Christianity of Roman Catholicism teaches. And friends, if you're a Catholic, I care about you and love you in the Lord, but I'm here to warn you that the Catholic Church's teaches that a sinful life can be remedied by a place called purgatory, and you know that. It's a place the Word of God, the Bible, never mentions. Never mentions purgatory. You're not going to atone for your own sins in hell. There's one way. Jesus said, if anybody tries to get in another way, another way to get to the Father, he is a thief 
in a robber. Jesus paid it all. He paid for, uh, with, uh, he atoned for our sins on the cross. There is no uh, penance. There's no uh, paying for your own, you know, repenting in purgatory, paying for your sin there. Now's the time to repent. Now's the time to make things right with God. So, and I want to briefly mention that hell is a subject that's not being preached in most churches today. And it's a fact. I've gone to many churches in my lifetime, going to many evangelistic meetings, going to many discipleship meetings, small groups. You can name it and fill in the blanks. And some people do. Listen, and in, in, in all reality, some people do mention hell, and they do a very good job of it and talk about the eternal reality and, and why it matters to talk about heaven and hell. But by and large, most preachers will stay away from the subject. Why? Here's my take, and, and I believe this is the take of many other solid Bible teachers and ministers because it's not popular. Let's face it. How are you going to fill churches? How are you going to fill Sunday schools and Bible study groups? And if you're one of these kind of pop culture, um, easy believism, seeker-friendly churches, let's face it, hell is not a popular subject. If you want to fill your church, you want to mention all guy smiley type things and talk about heaven continuously, about how how we're going to live you know, the good life forever and, and even live your best life now getting there. Uh, but hell is a subject that a lot of teachers and a lot of churches don't mention. Uh, and I don't understand why hell and the eternal consequences aren't being taught about. It's a, actually a subject that Jesus taught about many, many times. And from what I understand in scripture, it seems like he spoke about hell more often than he spoke about heaven. I haven't done an actual account of that, but from just reading the gospels, it looks like, wow, he spoke a lot about man's, uh, um, uh, the, the, the challenge for eternity, the this eternal separation from God, if they don't get right. Um, spoke about heaven a lot too, of course, and eternal life, but it seems like Jesus was doing what, what most evangelists would do and talk about the sin problem, talk about the separation from God and how it can be made right, right with him. Um, and hell isn't popular because, let's face it, it's not a feel-good message or it's not the kind of subject we feel will keep visitors returning. Uh, but these notions fly in the face of what Jesus, the early church, and the saints taught through the centuries. And the message of hell, repentance, and atonement may not fill largest sections of Christian bookstores or the largest churches, but it's a message that matters for eternity. Many fellowships are ignoring subjects of eternal significance, focusing on seeker-sensitive message and teaching a different gospel that's me-focused, not Christ-focused. Churches aren't supposed to be life enrichment centers. They're supposed to be places where people hear the undiluted gospel message. And here's what some teachers and evangelists in the past have said about the importance of teaching about hell, God's judgment, and our hopelessness, or excuse me, our hopeless state without Jesus and repentance. Here's what John Wesley said. He said, I desire to have both heaven and hell ever in my eye while I stand on this isthmus of life between two boundless oceans. And boy, didn't he preach like that? Uh, my wife and I just finished reading uh, sort of a uh, biography on John Wesley and watching a, um, a documentary on his life. And this great evangelist, this great preacher, no wonder he was so effective in reaching the lost. I mean, he, here's what he said. I desire to have both heaven and hell ever in my eye. And I'll put that in our modern vernacular. Essentially, catching a glimpse of both heaven and hell and understanding what's at stake for people. But let's continue. Uh, the Prince of Preachers, the beloved uh, pastor and teacher Charles Spurgeon, here's what he said about hell. And a lot of us can quote this. You remember this quote. 
Charles Spurgeon said, if hell must be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions and let not one go unwarned and unprayed for. So Charles Spurgeon basically saying, if hell must be filled, let it be filled, let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions, preach, teach, warn people. And then he said, let not one, and I'll add, let not one person go unwarned or unprayed for. He didn't say, don't let them go uh, to know that your small group is next week or your church meetings next week or your Easter services next week or your Bible study or your kids program. He said, don't let them go unwarned. Unwarned about what? Eternity rushing upon us. Heaven, hell are in the balance. Amen? Let's continue. Famous uh, preacher Jonathan Edwards, a Puritan, uh, back in the, the old days, <laughs> you know, uh, 1700s. Here's what Jonathan Edwards said, and we can all probably quote this too. This is from the uh, sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And Jonathan Edwards said this, Unconverted men, unconverted people, walk over the pit of hell on a rotten covering. And boy, haven't, haven't you pictured that? If you've ever read that quote before, and you think about the people that we're preaching to and talking to, and pleading for their souls to, you see these unconverted men, women, young people, teenagers, walking over the pit of hell on a rotten, a rotten covering. This bridge is out. This bridge is teetering. It's tottering. It's the woods rotting. And here they are walking. But in the, the wide road, the mass is going into hell. What a sad reality that the world faces. And here's what beloved pastor, teacher, evangelist, A.W. Tozer said about heaven and hell and about eternity. He doesn't mention the word hell, but it's right there front and center when you listen to this. The vague, and friends, listen to this very carefully. This is probably the most poignant one. The vague and tenuous hope that God is too kind to punish the ungodly has become a deadly opiate for the consciences of millions. So what is Tozer saying? He says, the vague and tenuous hope that God is too kind to punish the ungodly has become a deadly opiate for the consciences of millions. And we just talked about it at the beginning of the episode, right? The famous quote that a lot of us have heard throughout our life. Maybe you thought yourself and I thought myself, hey, God is a loving God. He is too kind to send anyone to hell. Or I've heard it said like this, my God would never send anyone to hell. But here's what Tozer said, right? The vague and tenuous hope that God is too kind to punish the ungodly has become a deadly opiate for the consciences of millions. And then we think about that quote um, when Paul wrote in, uh, I believe it was Romans 2, I believe it was Romans 2, uh, thereabouts when he talked about um, people people sort of presume that the kindness and forbearance and mercy of God, that God's essentially just always going to be like, hey, it's, it's all good, I'm kind and I'm forbearing and I'm merciful. But Paul, remember what Paul said? He said that the kindness and forbearance of God is meant to do what? It's meant to bring people to repentance. Why? Because he loves them. He knows what's at stake. He sent his holy son to come down here. Today's Good Friday as I record this episode and die for all of us, our sins, and atone for our sins. We wouldn't have to go to hell. Jesus went through hell. He was punished. He was tormented. He was tortured. He was marred beyond recognition, Isaiah said. Why? For a friend, for your sins and my sins. You know, here's the thing. 
Thankfully, some churches in our day still teach about the reality of hell. Although it's an unpleasant subject, the message of understanding our sin and that it's an affront to a holy God and his righteous judgment is important. That's a message that produces godly sorrow that leads to repentance. I mean, marriage seminars, youth rallies, men's conferences are all fine, but our primary task is to go and preach the gospel, to evangelize and to disciple people. Without it, we're all engaging in temporary behavior modification, right? But let's continue. A.W. Tozer actually sums up the eternal tragedy of a religious experience without repentance. And why do I bring this up? We're talking about hell, right? What about repentance? Well, because repentance, this turning away from sin, this turning, this metanoia, this changing of our heart and our mind is actually what turns us toward the Lord. We understand that we're wicked, we're wretched, unrighteous without Jesus. We have to repent. But here's what Tozer says. Instead of telling people to repent and calling people to repentance, we figure we have a better way. Like you said, we would just just invite them to our church and just get them plugged in. Those are all great things, friends. I'm not anti-local church. I'm very pro-local church. I'm a member of a local church. and I've taught in the local church, but here's the thing. Here's what he says about religious experience without repentance. Tozer said, it is my opinion, and friends, this is so tragic. It is my opinion that tens of thousands of people, if not millions, have been brought into some kind of religious experience by accepting Christ, but they have not been saved. I'm going to read that again, just like he said it, because it's very tragic. It is my opinion that tens of thousands of people, if not millions, have been brought into some kind of religious experience by accepting Christ, and they have not been saved. You know, they sign a card, they raise a hand, but they haven't come to repentance. They haven't come to the end of themselves. They haven't repented. They haven't uh, believed in their heart uh, that that uh, God raised Jesus from the dead. And they haven't confessed with their mouth, Jesus is Lord. They might have said a few words. They might have signed a card, raised a hand. But where's the repentance? Where's the turning from my way to God's way? Friends, there's no salvation without repentance. But let's continue. What's the state of man? Why should man have to repent? You know, we're, we're good people after all, right? That's not what the Bible says. Look at Isaiah 64, 6. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our unrighteousness, like the wind, takes us away. This is the English Standard Version, but I believe the King James says we've... Um, our righteous deeds are like filthy garments. So our best righteousness is like filthy rags. And what is Romans 10.3 said? It is written, no one is righteous, no, not one. So friends, our best righteousness, our best self-modification, our cleaning up ourselves, our, our seven habits of highly effective people, our trying to be the pillar of the community, of doing good deeds, those things aren't bad. I mean, they're okay. You know, you're doing what you know to do. But at the end of the day, compared to God's righteous com- righteousness, compared to the perfection that he demands, we're not going to measure up. We need the righteousness of Jesus. We need that through repentance and making him our Lord and our Savior, coming to saving faith in Jesus. A few more scriptures on hell. This one is Matthew 25, 41. Let's see if I can find it here real quick. Okay. Then Jesus... Then he will say to those on the left hand, he will say, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire from the devil, prepared for the devil and his angels. 
Now, he's talking about, of course, not taking care of the least of these. But the point is, we want to focus on that. Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire. Everlasting fire. This is this is the loving shepherd. This is Jesus. This is the people that say, well, my Jesus would never do that. My Jesus would never send anyone to hell. He's a mild-mannered, meek shepherd. Well, yes, friends, he is, and he's all loving. But he paid the ultimate penalty on the cross so you wouldn't have to go to everlasting torment. Let's read another one here if I can find this one. Matthew 13, 41. And here's another one. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers. And friends, these people are cast into the lake of fire. And uh, 2 Thessalonians 1.8, the Bible says, In flaming fire they will inflict judgment on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's another. Matthew 13, 49. So it'll be at the end of the age, the angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous. And then finally, Matthew, I'm sorry, yeah, Matthew, uh, Revelation 21, 8. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars have their portion in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So yeah, most Bible teachers agree that hell is a place of eternal conscious torment. And Christians must warn about heaven and hell and God's wrath and coming judgment. And I love this. In Ray Comfort's excellent book, God Has a Wonderful Plan for Your Life, he describes the fallacy of having people accept Christ. Throughout the book, he drives home the point that we are churning out false converts if people don't see their sin as offensive before a holy God and come to repentance. Then Ray Comfort provides a quote from D.L. Moody uh, regarding sorrow and conviction, godly sorrow and conviction. And he says this, this is a quote um, Ray Comfort put in his book by D.L. Moody. And he says, Moody says, it's a great mistake to give a man who has not been convicted of sin certain passages that were never meant for him. The law is what he needs. Then he says, do not offer the consolation of the gospel until he sees and knows he is guilty before God. We must give enough of the law to take away all self-righteousness. And then Moody said, I pity the man who preaches only one side of the truth, always the gospel, never the law. And you know what he's saying, what Moody is saying, what Ray Comfort articulates so well in his book, um, God Has a Wonderful Plan for Your Life. Because that is the common a Western, watered-down, European, American version of the gospel. God has such a wonderful plan for your life. Don't you want to get plugged into a Bible study, a small group, be part of the community? When all the while we have many people in our churches that have not come to saving faith in Jesus and have not repented. They want fire insurance. They want to go to heaven, but they haven't actually come into direct contact with the fact that God is holy and we're not. So how does the reality of hell and eternity shape how we live today. It should affect the way we live in our lives and the way we interact with people. Listen, we're all sinners and deserve God's righteous judgment, right? But thanks to his unmerited grace and mercy, Jesus paid for our sins on the cross. If we repent and follow Jesus as our Lord, his blood covers our sins and we're adopted into God's family. We'll be his sons and daughters, no longer his enemies. And like I said, many people are wondering, how could a loving God send people to hell? And we talked about that in Matthew 2541, 
it does say eternal conscious, I'm sorry, eternal fire that's prepared for his devil and his angels. And I highlighted that fact because God never intended hell for people. He created it for the devil and his angels, these people that, these angels that uh, were part of the original rebellion in eternity past. How could a loving God send people to hell is a very bad question because here's the thing, friends. God does not send anyone to hell. People go there on their own volition. And why is that? Jesus paid it all on the cross. Jesus paid for every sin, but they go through their life saying, don't need them, don't want them, don't have to have them. And then one day they die and they go into eternity. God didn't send them to hell. They're sending themselves there by rejecting the finished work of Jesus on the cross. You think about the affront that is to a holy God. Today happens to be Good Friday. It's uh, April the 7th, 2023. As I write this and, and, and I look at this article and we do this episode for our podcast, I understand that Jesus was nailed to that cross for our sins, had the crown of thorns placed upon his head, was beaten and whipped so many times, carried that cross all the way there, and he went through all that torture, all that, uh, all that humiliation. Why? For you and for me. He knew that that would be the only sinless sacrifice to take away uh, the punishment that we deserved. He took the hell that we deserved. You remember when Jesus in the Gospels said, it is finished? What did that mean? That was paid in full. That was the payment has been made to cover the sins of wicked men. But friends, it's not by osmosis. You, The Bible many times, it says many times that you have to come to saving faith in Jesus, that you have to confess him as your Lord, that you have to believe in your heart, that you have to repent. But many people don't do that. So does a loving God send people to hell? No, he provided a way out through the atoning work of his son, Jesus, on the cross. So, dear friends, this is a very heavy subject. And I think about hell and I think about what the Bible says. You think about Statements like eternal torment, eternal fire, where the worm doesn't die, uh, uh, bottomless pit, lake of fire, um, inky blackness of night, um, outer darkness. I don't wish this on anyone. And friends, regardless of what you think about me or other Christians or preachers or evangelists, get along with God. If you don't know Jesus as your, as your Savior, get along with God right now, wherever you are. Um, in your car, driving, uh, uh, you're in your, your room, you're listening to this podcast on a jog, wherever you hear this podcast, get alone with God and humble your heart. Confess your sins before a holy God. I've sinned against you and you alone, Lord. Confess your sins to him. Repent. Uh, change your ways. Change your mind. Change your thinking. Understand that you cannot rationalize sin anymore. And you've got to see how literally disgusting and evil is before a holy God. And turn and trust Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart that God has literally raised Jesus from the dead. And the Bible says you'll be saved. And that's that. And friends, if you're a believer, if you're already a Christian and you you know the Lord, you love him, um, I would plead with you. I would ask you to do everything you can do to warn others about the eternal reality of hell. Tell them how the Lord saved you. You're maybe you're not called to be an evangelist. Maybe you're you're not called to be a Bible teacher, but you're a Christian. You're a disciple. You love Jesus. You you know we're all called to go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? You go to your workplace, your school, uh, your 
different areas the Lord leads you to and share your testimony with people. Tell them how the Lord God literally rescued you from a life of destruction, of total destruction and, and, and living for self instead of living for Jesus and uh, eternity bound for hell and how he snatched you out and saved you. You heard the gospel one day and you believed and you turned from your sin and repented and trusted Jesus. Share your testimony with someone today, won't you? So let's get busy. I believe time is short. I believe Jesus is coming very soon. We have a little bit of time left to warn people about hell and about the judgment that's coming upon this world. And friends, I have to admit, this is a very, very sad and heavy subject. I don't mention the subject of hell with any sort of uh, personal sense of personal righteousness or bravado. Uh, I say, but for the grace of God, there go I, right? We say it as a sinner that's been saved by the grace of God lovingly. And I love other people. I love people in this world and want to warn them about hell and about the coming judgment um, and understand what's at stake. Now, speaking of that, uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to release our next episode, and we're going to call that, um, it's the opposite of this, it's the reality of heaven. We're going to talk about the eternal and beautiful reality of heaven and discuss what that means for every person that's put their faith and trust in Jesus, who is our Lord and Savior, and the amazing things that God has prepared for those of us that love him. But I want to tell you again, friends, if you haven't put your faith in Jesus. If you're not a Christian, uh, please do not let another day go by before you make things right with God, before you confess Jesus as your Savior and repent of your sins. And if you do that, please do me a favor. I'd love to hear from you. Please write to us. Uh, you can go to my website, our ministry site. It's called concerningthetimes.com. Write to me. Go to the Contact Us page. I would love to hear um, that you put your trust and your faith in Jesus as your Savior and that you're following him now. Dear friends, if you have a prayer request, please reach out to us in the same way. We'd love to uh, uh, pray pray with you, stand in prayer with you, and pray for you. Um, any questions and comments about the podcast, uh, same thing. Write to us. You can visit us also on our YouTube channel. It's called Concerning the Times with Howard Green. Um, and before we go, can I ask you one favor? Uh, would you please, this really helps us out a lot. It helps us actually get the gospel message out to many more people. Would you please remember to like and rate and subscribe to our podcast? Those things would really help us out a lot and help us with this little bit of time we have left to reach people with the gospel. Friends, have a wonderful Easter. Have a wonderful resurrection weekend as we think about the death, burial, and rising again of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless each of you. He loves you. He cares for you. And so do we. Take care. Bye-bye.